Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome back to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm your morning, my coach as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal go to Salas Park. A very daunting prospect for us, especially first game of the season. And I'm sure we were all scarred of how last season's first game went, plus what Crystal Palace did to us at Salas Park. Yeah, so yeah, game night opening, uh, game of the season. I mean, I think the wait was also long enough for us because I think, especially with the preseason, we were already amped up. Um, I think also, as I was saying, like, you know, going into the game, uh, Salas Park, I mean, already at fever pitch level pre game already. And I mean, you knew already we're going to be in for the game. Uh, I mean, Arsenal went into the match with the same squad that took on uh, Sevilla in the Emirates Cup. So, what was your thoughts, like, you know, keeping the squad as is? I knew something like that would have probably happened, you know, when we watched the game together that Arsenal Sevilla, and you were wondering why Teta was not kind of ringing in his changes. You kind of had a feeling that, you know, this was the 11 he wanted to go with. Initially, I first thought it was going to be a back, you know, back three, but yeah. they moved Ben White over to right back, which, you know, I think you also mentioned he's he done quite, you know, in the preseason quite well there. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the rest of the team picked itself. I mean, they looked quite solid going forward and going back. So, you know, looking at that lineup, I was already, you know, rubbing my hands together, thinking, you know, this could be an interesting prospect. Yeah. And I mean, the game, game uh, kicks off. And I mean, Arsenal playing sort of uh, swagger football for about, you know, close to 20 minutes. Uh, I mean, at, 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 at some point, even the uh, one of the commentators was saying it's almost like watching, um, you know, like Liverpool or Man City in their pomp. So, I mean, the 20th minute sucker in, uh, takes the corner. I mean, it's one of those high booming type corners. But yeah, I mean, of course, you can also see it's a training ground setup. And I mean, the ball ends up going, you know, far past the far post, and it's met by Zinchenko that ends up hitting the ball again across goal. And Martinelli then nips in and glances over here, the one Arsenal. Yeah, that, that was definitely, like you said, it looked like a training ground thing because. Um, if you look at that goal, Zinchenko, you know, makes a late run towards the 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 ball. You know, yeah. it wasn't something that he was, you know, like, um, how can I say, obviously there. He just came in there and then, you know, leaped and made, made the ball to Martinelli, who, you know, got his first goal of the season. And, you know, also probably a big season for Martinelli as well to kind of, you know, getting the number 11 jersey now and and, and staking his claim in the Arsenal side. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I was kind of nostalgic with that goal because, I mean, it reminded me of the old days with, you know, when we would, like, Merson would hit a long corner and then, it's like, somebody would add it back into the mixer. And, you know, there would normally be a striker or a centre-back uh, powering the ball from close range. Yeah, and you can see what confusion putting the ball in the box, especially if it's in a dangerous area, what it does, you know, that that that, that havoc it caused and... and Especially against a team like Palace, who yeah. who have giants, as we spoke about in the previous podcast, at the back end, you know, to out outwit them basically in a set piece, it's it's kudos to Arsenal. And then I mean, look, okay, as I mentioned now, you know, well deserved lead of the total dominance in the first twenty. Uh, but then I mean, Arsenal, of, of course, started kind of waning in that first half, becoming, you know, almost like def- a bit too defensive for my liking. Almost like allowing, look, I know it's sometimes a ploy by Arteta where he tells the team almost like to, you know, just sit back a bit so that we can spring a counter because, I mean, we've now got the speed. But I think with, uh, look, Ben White had a real tussle with Wilfred Zaha because, I mean, yeah. 
you can see all palace attacks were just going in that direction. I mean, more often than not, uh, you know, White held his own, but I mean, still it was getting a bit concerning because you can see Zahas, like, you know, twisting and turning inside out the whole time. And I mean, at times they were, you know, constantly fouling each other as well to, you know, get the, the edge over the other. But I mean, I mean, he ended up just holding on, but I mean, you could see it was starting to get the struggle because Palace were also now getting a bit more adventurous because they were also coming down now, even on the other flank as well. And I mean, you could see Zinchenko, even though he was playing a, a good game up to then, with uh, if uh, say Martinelli or Saka is not helping the fullbacks, then I mean, you can see we do struggle. Yeah, and, and what I find is, but I know at that point, like you mentioned, when Palace started getting into that ascendancy again, you kind of started feeling, you know, Arsenal did similar things like this last season where they get their front and, you know, suddenly nearly they, they, they play like the league champions and play with a foot in the break a bit. And like you said, they were getting kind of overrun. And it's like, you know, after you score a goal, I think Arsenal should learn from this and just kind of just take the sting out of the game because you know how Palace can be and how teams can be after going behind. So, yeah. And I mean, if you look at also, like, you know, props to Vieira, but I mean, he's built a real, like, like a solid unit in attack uh, from 1 to 11 in that squad. Because, I mean, one thing, look at what, the thing that was giving us the most problem, like, it also leads us. I mean, okay, I'm still got other few points to make, but especially, like, first off, every time that Anderson, that centre back of theirs, was hitting like a long ball, he knew exactly where his are, or uh, I forgot who the other guy was on the other wing. They were always getting the ball because we were almost like trying to go high line, but then he does almost like an arcing runs and he gets himself from like offside back to on, and then he gets he spins on for the ball. Yeah, no, it's it's a bit frustrating, but hopefully you know the first only the first game of this season, and you can kind of you know it's a good starting point. You know the way we started off this game, and you know maybe we can keep that intensity a bit longer. You know you saw what happened against Sevilla. When they added intensity, you put two, three, four past the team at times, but like you yeah. kind of allowed Crystal Palace to rally up the crowd and and yeah. you're putting unnecessary pressure on yourself in, a, in especially in the first game of the season when there's so much hope and promise for both sides, you would say. And then I went for the second minute, Edward ends up getting a fine chance, but I mean, Ramsdale pulls for fantastic yeah. save to deny him. Excellent reaction save. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's. You know, these kind of saves is kind of what, what, what Ramsdale brings to the team. You know, every time, how much points you, you look back to last season that he's clawed out where the result yeah. could have been different. And 1-1 one, one before halftime could have sent a totally different team talk for both sides. Then, I mean, just on, on like the stroke on halftime, Anderson again hits a long ball, the sum to uh, AZ. And, I mean, this time Saliba ends up reading the situation and almost like wins the race on AZ and just manages to you know, uh, clear the ball into safety. You know, uh, so Saliba, you know, even looking at that first half, it really, for me, it really, how can I say, took my breath away, just the, the manner in which he was playing. I mean, I've seen Arsenal centre-backs, you know, yeah. you know, World Cup winners or Champions League winners and, and, and you know, flying past um, defense, attackers, not being able to, you know, keep the composure. But this guy... And he reads the game very well that he doesn't even have to make the tackle. Almost like a, not only compare him, but like a Van Dijk-esque type player where, you know, they don't have to be making tackles all the time because they're always just positionally in the right place. And I mean, I think it was one of our biggest talking, like, not talking, but like, almost like sore point last season was 
every time we defending, then it's almost like Gabriel or Ben White gives these fouls away, edge of the box, or, you know, it's like, it comes almost like the most, uh, like, like a real crap time to give away a free kick, especially like the last minute or so before uh, half time. It is only at angles where teams whip in and they end up scoring before half time, yeah. like the way Liverpool would do, or whoever else we've been playing last season. And I mean, this time it's that we now have a defender that's more seemingly, I mean, of course, early days, but seemingly more short. As you said, also, he just doesn't dive into things. He, you know, almost like that real old school way, he uses upper body strength to muscle his uh, way, like, you know, or the opponent off him. So, I mean, yeah, that was going into half time, one up, one up. And then a 52nd month in the second half, easy again ends up getting played in Bazaar. Again, Ramsdale pulls off a fine save, you know, holding his crown until the last minute, and then he makes the decision. Yeah, I know that's uh, that's always, you know, some certain keepers always throw themselves to the ground and, you know, make the decision easy for the attacker. And, you know, kudos to Ramsdale again. But, you know, not happy that the way we, we, we went into the sec- starting of the second half, you know, you want to come out there and kind of put your foot on the ball and, and kind of take command of the game. And I just felt that, you know, Palace just kept on getting that bit more confidence, and you know, you know how that can always end up. And I mean, I actually jotted this one point down where I said, like, you know, 60th, 70th minute, uh, it was really Palace domination because I mean, constantly doing it with this long ball that caused all sorts of problems and play, you know, almost like gets over the heads of our midfield, leaving our defense kind of vulnerable. But I mean, that 60th, 70th minute became almost like the Palace 11 versus Saliba because he. He was like picking up, you know, errors that we were making, clearing it. There was a point where I think um, Ben White, I think, ended up, yes. you know, carrying the ball, carrying the ball, and of course started tiring himself, lost <laughs> position of the ball, and then it came down to Saliba to, you know, do a clean up job. Yeah, there was a few clean up jobs. There was one in the box as well, where um, you know he, he made a, a tackle where he kind of got over to 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 something could have been Zaha. I mean that was Zaha went out for a corner. I mean you know he was again alert and there to snuff out the danger where maybe a holding or someone else you know would have been maybe two yards slower and yeah. you know we could have had a goal equalised. At that point it was still one 0 And I, I mean I also do recall you at some point in that second half also um, helping out Gabriel but also. Was too casual on the ball and end up, uh, you know, getting dispossessed and and Saliba to do, you know, clean up in aisle uh, eleven or something. Yeah, no, that's uh, it. Just shows. I mean, Ben White and Gabriel were the first choice centre backs last season, but you know they have another thing coming if they think they're just going to get their spot again because Saliba and like you said, very early days, but very assured, composed, and and it kind of rubs off maybe to the rest of the team as well. You know that there's even that. That calamitous, that panic. Because sometimes, like you said, Ben White or Gabriel, they have this, this a game or two where they're just hoofing the ball out. They can't even control the ball. And it kind of allows the opposition to, you know, get into the game. So, you know, Saliba, very good, you know, up until the point which we're talking to. But I mean, for me, it's also down to, you know, if you have somebody like that now coming in, you're going to have to play your ass off to, you know, just, you know, depose him of his slot in the team because now nobody can really, you know, down tools or uh, try to cruise, you know, go on cruise control in the match. Now everybody will have to pull their finger out because, look, I, look, of course, many people will differ in that, but I, I just felt 
Well, the majority of the second half, Odegaard almost like left us light in midfield. Oh, yeah, definitely. And You're anonymous. And, yeah, and I just think maybe with Vieira when he's now fit, fully fit, and because look, he's now so, I think since early on in the week, he's now started training fully with the, with the squad. And I just think that sort of, I mean, look, everybody's now seen his, his passing prowess already. And I think that sort of passing you would have needed in this game against uh, Palace because yeah. I just think he, uh, Odegaard wasn't taking the, taking the responsibility because he was getting into scoring positions, but he kept on fluffing his chances. Yeah, no, there was, there was oh, even one. I don't even remember when, when, when Jesus uh, closed down, uh, chased almost a dead-end ball, made a tackle. He passes it to Odegaard and you're asking yourself, Shoot, shoot, yeah, shoot. Yeah, yeah. And he tries to like flick it to someone. And I'm thinking, what the hell? You're in the box. Nobody's on you. Hit one. Yeah. So, I mean, 74th minute, uh, that new signing of, of um, uh, Crystal Palace ends up going down to Corey. He ends up pulling up with cramp. And I mean, for me, it was almost like ideal time. Arteta using the break then, of course, to get the team together on the touchline and, you know, try to get them better organized as, as a team because. I mean, we were really getting sloppy because it was adding just more pressure on that uh, back four of ours. So also ended up making a, a, a double change in the 83rd minute. I was a bit infuriated with it because I really felt Arteta could have helped the team more making the changes like 20 minutes earlier. Yeah, I mean, it's five subs allowed, isn't it, as well? Like, yeah. I know he could have done things a bit better. Yeah, so Nketiah comes on, Jesus off. Tien comes on for Zinchenko, who's also like, you know, Rennie's race. But I think... Now, with him, it's also going to be a gradual process till he gets full fitness. And I mean, there's going to be a fantastic titanic battle to see Tierney and, and Zinchenko fight for that number three spot. Yeah, no, I, I, especially with Tierney's, you know, fragile you know, body yeah. that we always picks up a knock. You, you, you saw at the end of last season what uh, not having a proper, you know, solid yeah. left back can, can do to your season. And, you know, hopefully that even Zinchenko can... Can you know there is ample games to play rotate so you don't you don't play them into the ground and ample competition so hopefully they'll be hungry for that but I think that you know worries me um, but with, with Arsenal at the moment it's Odegaard as captain you know you kind of wonder does he get shoehorned in the team all the time because he's captain or you know sometimes you, you might need to be dropped as well yeah because I mean I, I, I felt like it also because I was telling my son and watching the match. Uh, I'm just wondering if that saves him from being subbed earlier because yeah. for me he played way way shocking than most in the team and I mean yeah. at times it did feel like we were playing down to ten men because he was just not carrying his weight when you know he should have because I mean they'd rather sacrifice the you know when he's normally chasing down the goalie and they'd rather conserve your energy yeah and no. press on the on the on the back line of of Palestine. yeah push everyone a bit forward maybe yeah. Monte, yeah. Asus maybe can press the keeper but. You know, it, it doesn't look. I'm not saying he's not fit enough. Maybe it's early days, but I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, it was quite worrying to see your captain and supposedly key playmaker so anonymous in yeah. in in a big game like this. Yeah, fully agree with you. And, um, then 85th minute, Arsenal end up sucking uh, Palace almost like into a sort of trap. They end up pushing almost majority of the team up, leaving I think only two behind. And I mean, the minute the ball breaks, Zaka ends up I think playing a through ball to. Nketiah, who ends up carrying the ball deep into the Palace half. And then, I mean, just the right time, he ends up laying the ball off to Pukaya uh, Saka, who's bombing down the flank. And then Saka comes to the box, draws the defender, 
you know, and beats him like the Tyrell Mitchell, I think, or something like that his name is. And then I mean, he ends up just leading the ball across goal. And then I mean, the unfortunate uh, gay of of Palace's centre back, he ends up heading the ball past the keeper to no Arsenal. Yeah, I know. Excellent, excellent build-up play. You know, we we take the goal and. And 2-0, and I think at that point, you know, I don't know how you felt, but I felt I could just breathe a, a sigh of relief, you know, like, okay, I think we've got the points in the bag, unless for some miracle like they did against Liverpool in 2013-2014 season. Yeah, I felt the same way because, I mean, it was actually a relief because it was way too late, I mean, like, way overdue to get that second because I would have, I think, felt way easier if we had now, you know, finished, or even the, the, the chance early in the first half where, Martinelli ends up getting his feet all skewed. We ends up, you know, we had to place the ball with the right foot and he ends up just dragging it with his left foot past, past the post when it was like it should have been an easy tap in for yeah. him. So uh, we move our attention now to Leicester City tomorrow at the Emirates. Uh, the, the Fox have become, you know, almost like a shopping window to most uh, sure. European clubs this summer because look, Gaspar Michael's already off to Nice. Uh, then, of course, moves away also expected for Fofana because I'm a Chelsea interested in him. Tielemans, look, we now kind of being the suitors to him. And then, of course, James Madison is wanted by Newcastle. And I don't know, there was some other team that was also interested in him. So, I mean, it, it, look, they're not also forced to sell either. So, we'll see how that plays out. Um, then, on the, of course, on the injury front for, New, for Leicester. I think the only ones they're missing really is Harvey Barnes and Ricardo Pereira. I mean, that guy stays injured. And yeah, then I think our, our only key absentee is going to be Tomiyasu. And you, like you mentioned, you know, Tomiyasu is going to have to work on his fitness with his back. Because, yeah. you know, Saliba will, will stake his claim. Um, you've got, um, you know, Gabriel has, you know, been consistent for most part. And Ben White, again, the more he probably plays in this right back role, he will grow in it because he did keep Zaha quiet as well, you know. I mean, so I had his yeah. moments, but Ben White didn't do too badly against him. So, you know, you're going to have Saliba who's going to play socks off. You're going to have Ben White who's going to be like, okay, you know what? If I can't have the centre-back role, I might as well push hard for this right-back role. And, yeah. you know, you could have a problem there. But I think, you know, Arsenal with a relatively fully fit squad, I think... You know, do you go into the same starting eleven, or, or would you tweak anything about your side? Um, I'm just thinking now. Um, I mean, if if uh, look, uh, the atmosphere is going to be different. Uh, look, we must also take yeah. it that it's going to be now uh, home advantage, and that. So, I mean, the, I think the crowd will not see them again if they are rocking as they were for the Emirates Cup game against Sevilla. I mean, it's going to be a fantastic game tomorrow. Um, I, at the moment, I don't really see fiddling around with with a. Formation or with man, you know the manpower. Because I, like, for me, Zinchenko is doing a, a, a capable job. For me, it's going to come down to Zinchenko to screw up for TM to come back in the team, which I, I personally find that should be the option. Um, look, I don't know. I'm not just going to spit out my view, then you can tell me what you think. But I mean, I just think like with our own game, we don't need to have two sitting midfielders in the team or. I mean, I would actually go with one, and then you have two creative players. You know. So, so uh, is is Emil Smith Rowe and and um, Vieira both uh, able to play, or are they um, they not 
fully fit to play in this the thing game. Is, I like uh, I'm not gonna lie now, but well, I mean I've been out uh, most of the afternoon, so I haven't seen after this press conference. So I mean probably when we're done with this wrapping it, I've been probably uploaded it already. Uh, then I'm probably gonna find out what's going on. But I mean I haven't heard anything. But uh, the only thing that was positive was seeing those photos all over social media of uh, Vieira in training. That's all. But I mean, I just you, think myself, look, sometimes Zaka has that, that, you know, he has that heavy leagues in midfield. Yeah. You could actually spring fast in the tank. And if you've got like somebody that's in that holding midfielder role that can really spray passes like party can do, then, I mean, maybe go we go that route or, like, you know, choose one or the other, but rather go than, like, be a bit more adventurous for a home game. You don't think you could possibly squeeze Tierney in as left back and move Zinchenko to be maybe instead of a Xhaka in the midfield and you have kind of someone that, you know, has legs, has the speed yeah. to link up the play. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't know if Emil Smith-Rowe or Fabio Vier is fit, but, you know, you might be able to have another body with Odegaard who can move and be more yeah. fluid. Yeah, I fully agree because, look, uh, he can play as an emergency holding mid, or he can play even as a cam. So yeah, it, it, it benefits uh, benefits us doubly then, or even like in triple because I mean, if need be, he can even go as a wing back or left back, and, and Tierney can push up as a wing back. So yeah, it, it gives us a way more bigger variety now in the squad. No, I hundred percent agree with that, and you know maybe something I'll take little things about, but that front three I think stays as it is. I yeah, think that yeah, front yeah. three has the legs and and power and pace to to kind of give defenders a nightmare and then hopefully you maybe can bring in Ketty and Pepe on a bit later on just to maybe they can show a bit more and show that they want especially yeah. Pepe more than Ketty show that they, they can offer more than what they're just doing because you know Pepe has a if he can click there is a place for him in this team yeah. as well yeah but I mean like my thing is also just you know, just you mentioned that front three of Arsenal now. Now, just think they're feeding off Odegaard and Vieira threading balls through. Yeah. Them. They'll have a bloody field there, the three of them. Like, either setting them up or laying up people. So, yeah, that's my take on that. Um, uh, just a few talking points before we wrap up. Um, all or nothing, your thoughts so far after the first three episodes that we watched together? Uh, you know, I have a newfound respect for Ateta in a way. Like, you know, <laughs> Thinking to myself, you know, maybe him and Edu actually are trying things behind the scenes that, you know, we don't really know about even. Um, so, yeah. you know, I, I just hope that, you know, that Arteta, I'm, like, I'm a bit more behind him than I was prior to that. Yeah. You know, and, and I can see there is something happening behind the scenes. It's not just, you know, they're sucking things out of their thumb. So, yeah, yeah. you know, that, that's just my thoughts. And, and, and what is yours? Yeah, I mean, for me, look, you can see the certain aspects that they do kind of limit us to the viewer yeah. from seeing. But I mean, you, you get now like the adjust of it because like you see a, a pre-match talk in the dressing room. You see also like the, the player reactions post-game. Like, you know, if they're really annoyed, like, we, you know, <clears throat> when they get a, a mic shout in their face post-match for Sky or BT Sports or whatever, you know, all kind of smiles or, you know, uh, deep in thought or whatever. But here you see like a real raw feeling when they come in the dressing room after, say, a defeat or a win or whatever. So, a fantastic feel to things. And also like seeing the interaction of players on the, like, you know, downtime in, in the cafeteria and that to hear the conversations and or even when they're getting the uh, massages in the treatment room there. 
to also see that sort of you know how calming effect to to conversation then. Yeah, one thing I can say, you know, Aubameyang, another thing against him, but you can see the guy's really, like, you know, full of himself, you know, or, or thinks he's the big deal. Like, I mean, even the first episodes, you really see much, you know, interacting yeah. with the, the players. Yeah, because I mean, about it was, him. there was a moment of something, I don't know if it was episode two or three, where he comes in and the team was, like, already talking amongst each other and that, and he's got his earphones on, probably music blasting. And he's just sitting alone there in his little cabin there, that area there. And I just thought to myself, I mean, they can see, okay, but for his, his friendship with, with Lacazette and, and Pepe, you don't see that real deep, deep bond, you know, that you see with other players amongst each other. Yeah, no, 100%. I don't know, have you seen any of the latest episodes that's been out yet or not Yeah, yet? I mean, I watched the, the next three, but I mean, I'm not going to say anything yet. Yeah. Because yeah. But I mean, I'd rather give everybody like a week and then, Next yeah. podcast next week, we we'll probably discuss again what our thoughts are of the next three episodes. I never uh, agree with that. Yeah. So the next point I want to bring up was also, you know, if you remember that guy, Sven Muslim, that, that I was all going. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, now, nah, look, I, I put my end up also when I, when I get things wrong. But I mean, after the Torreira move uh, early on in the week, we now finally gone to Kalatasaray. Um, for me, it was like a crazy exodus because, uh, I mean, if you think that man came in, uh, Muslim Tat, and I mean, he brought in people like Socrates and he brought people like Lichtenstein. Uh, yeah. And I really thought they were somehow going to, you know, be for the good or for the better. And it's not like Arsenal just stagnated with that group yeah. of players. Like some ended up, you know, just wanting to go or leave the club from being homesick. Some were just never going to be good enough. Some were way past the sell by dates. And I mean, and you think to yourself, Arsenal misses so much. And when I look at him now, he's now um, sports director of Stuttgart. And they, like, I mean, last season, they just managed not to get relegated. <laughs> and I mean, they're struggling again this season. So, I mean, it wasn't even, you actually wonder, like, whether, like, also, like, was it really worth it? And, and how, like, you know, how long this, these sort of people sit us back? Even somebody yeah. like, say, uh, some Lee guy. We, oh, yeah, definitely. Everything was buddy buddy, and that also set us back. It was another year, year and a half. Yeah, I know. Like you said, watching this documentary now, you can see, you know, I was also sometimes on Edu's case and everything. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not saying they, you know, you, they can't get better. But, you know, there is things that, you know, you appreciate actually about people that actually care for the club. And I think Arsenal before never had a technical director with proper Arsenal DNA who's kind of won things with the club. Who's kind of you know know the what Arsenal really stands for? I yeah. mean, that's all he, he never he's not the you know diehard gooner. He's not the, yeah. a, a fan of uh, maybe Arsenal. Maybe I could be wrong. Could be and even Gazidis, you know, came yeah. in there with a more businessy mind. I think well, it's like how you always spoke. You always said that the ex-Arsenal players needs to get become a technical director. I know you thought of Overmars and all that, but. You know, an underdog player, Edu, was very under the radar, but, you know, a lot of people always speak highly of, you know, his, his mindset and things like that. Yeah. So, with that, uh, for our next podcast, I mean, I still have to upload the one of last week that we did together. But, I mean, things have been so hectic. I mean, you've been yeah. also being flying over through Europe, yeah. traveling through Europe. So, I'm going to see if I can see uh, sort both out now yeah. and then send both to you so you can upload it immediately. Yeah. Our listeners can get a, a, a good listen over the weekend. 
So, Aiden, um, I've, that's all I've got to say. Um, hope the fans, uh, the listeners, Gooners, hope you guys enjoy the match tomorrow. Hope we can get the three points and get this whole season kicking on well. Bye. Bye. Let's get the three points. <laughs>